Welcome to Up Next with Tommy Lee, with influential Christian leaders sharing their passions and purpose in personal conversations. Up Next is brought to you in partnership with the Gospel and Our Cities Conference with Tim Keller, coming to Chicago in 2018. And now, founder and president of Resource Global, managing partner of Barnabas Group Chicago, and your host on Up Next, Tommy Lee. Welcome to another episode of Up Next. My name is Tommy Lee, and here by my side are two wonderful co-hosts, Kenson Lampart Community Church, Bridgeport. Kenson, welcome. Great to be here. And as always, we have Jimmy, but he's traveling in Detroit, so we actually have Noah Chung today. So, Noah, welcome. Thanks, Tommy. And on the phone, we have uh, not a... Just uh, someone that I have highly, highly respect and gotten to know over the years, Mr. Kevin Malone, former GM and now founder, executive director of Protect People Against Human Trafficking and president co-founder of the United States Institute Against Human Trafficking. Kevin, welcome. It's a pleasure to be on with you guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Kevin, I'm going to have Kenson Noah spend a little time talking about your ministry and what you're doing right now. Uh, the baseball side of me, for all of you guys who are listening to this, who are baseball nuts, Kevin, I'm just so giddy to talk with you because I'm just a huge baseball fan. And you have been involved with the Atlanta Braves. You've been involved with the Montreal Expos, the Minnesota Twins, uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, Baltimore Orioles. As you look back a little bit, what was your favorite team experience that you had in terms of your role? I think as the general manager of the Montreal Expos, we yeah. had uh, one of the lowest payrolls in the game in 1994, but we had the best team, the best record. Yes. We were 74-40, and 40, and uh, we thought we were on our way to the World Series, but that was the year of the strike. Yes. And we didn't get to uh, finish the season, and... Uh, it was one of the greatest years because our team came together and we were really good. But on the other hand, we didn't get to finish what we started, so it was disappointing. Yeah. Hey, Kenson, if you don't remember, from that was the year of the straight scoring season. Montreal was going to play the Chicago White Sox with Robin Ventura, Alex Fernandez, Frank Thomas, and on his team on the Expos, Felipe Alou was the manager. Then you have Moises Alou. Who else was on that? Was it Delino De Shields was on that team? No, we had traded Delano in the offseason to get uh, Pedro Martinez. Yeah, oh, so wow. We had one of the best pitchers in the game. So we had Moises Alou, Marquise Grissom, Larry Walker. Yes. Um, and uh, Pedro Martinez. Kenny Hill was uh, one of our better pitchers that year. Yeah. And, uh, we just had a, a great team. We had some great young players. And as you mentioned, Felipe was uh, a tremendous manager. So. We were primed. I don't think we were going to play the White Sox, though, Tommy. Everybody th- thought we were going to play the Yankees in the World Series. Sorry to burst your bubble. <laughs> I still thought the White Sox was a great I team. I think the Yankees yeah. were better than the White Sox. <laughs> and also, a lot of times, even as a scout working in the front office of the Atlanta Braves, you were there during the Greg Maddox, Tom Glav, and John Smoltz years, too, right? No, no. I was I was with Montreal during those years. Oh, we, wow. We were we competed with the Braves. The Braves were always the best team in the West, uh, excuse me in our our division, and they were always the team to beat. So we had some great matchups with them with uh, with the Expos. But uh, no, I wish I'd have been with them. I know they got one ring, and uh, I could have been a part of that. But no, we we went head to head against them, and we 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 held our own against the Braves. But they were a great organization and a great franchise. So we. Uh, 
we 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 never got a chance to win a world championship like they did, but we had a lot of, a lot of fun competing against the Braves. Yeah, I'm reading as I look at your bio. In 1996, you were named assistant general manager of the Baltimore Orioles, and then from that point on, later on, you became the general manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers. For those like Kenson, Noah, and I will probably never be a general manager in our life. What is it like to be a general manager, negotiating trades, salary cap, players, building a team? What was it like? Oh, and by the well, way, before, was... actually, Kevin, let me just say this. You are listening to Up Next on AM 1160 with Kevin Malone, former baseball executive. Uh, Kevin, go ahead. No, it was a great experience. I, I'm humbled by the opportunity. I believe God uh, blessed me in, in so many ways to give me those opportunities, really to run three major league uh, baseball teams. And it, 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 it's there's a lot of pressure and stress, to say the least, but... Uh, but doing something that you love to me was a great experience. Getting paid uh, quite a bit of money uh, to be a general manager was just icing on the cake. So, uh, but it was, I mean, I loved baseball. It was uh, something I, I think I was decent at. God had blessed me with some uh, talents and some experiences. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, dealing with the media sometimes wasn't so much fun. Dealing with agents was difficult at times. But overall, the baseball aspects of it—it it was tremendous because I, I ate, I slept, and I thought uh, thought baseball twenty-four-seven. Mm. So, when you love a sport or anything, and you're able to do it and be paid well for it, and have some success in doing it, it's a great experience. So, I really thank the Lord for those opportunities. I think it was a platform He was setting up for me for after baseball. But seventeen years in Major League Baseball, and uh, I thank God for. Uh, for not only those, uh, you know, the, the competition and the teams, but a lot of friends I met, a lot of peop- great people I worked with, worked against. So I still follow it pretty closely, and uh, it's a lot of fun to watch, but now I don't have to stress and worry about my team losing a game like I used to do. <laughs> and, and, Kevin, I promise, in the next half, I'm going to have Kent and uh, Noah just really ask you everything that you're doing against people against human trafficking humans. But let me ask you one last question about baseball. Were you the type of general manager, because now we look at the Cubs, we looked at Houston, this whole idea of tanking in order to build up a team, especially with young players, versus back in the 90s and early 2000s where the Yankees just loaded up with free agents. When you were a general manager, was there one philosophy that you that trumped over the other? Well, that's a great question, I think, Tommy. I think it depends on, on ownership and, and the resources. I think in Montreal, we, we would never tank, but we realized that you know our, our best players were always uh, on the verge of becoming free agents or us having to trade them because of limited uh limited resources so we would we would try you know really hard to win but we knew our limitations now when i was in baltimore and montreal you know we had money so we went for it so i think the answer to your question it's a combination of of having resources having a good scouting uh, department a good player development uh, department and and knowing uh knowing your own players and knowing guys that can deliver and produce and knowing young players that you can count on. so And then going out and getting a free agent and, or making a trade at the trade deadline to add to the team that, that maybe has a deficit in a particular area. So I think it just depends on the circumstances. So it's about ownership. It's about resources. It's about talent within your farm system. And it depends on the talent at the, at the major league level. So there's a lot of factors. And I guess it just depends. You play the best 
the hand that you're, you're dealt and, and you do the best with it. Kevin, that, that's incredible. And just it's incredible how, how God has placed you in that position for, so, for such a long time. But now if I can switch gears, you know, God has been leading you to a different passion, to a different pursuit, uh, specifically uh, around this organization called PATH and around human trafficking. So, so first, can you explain uh, a little bit about the organization and then how God led you into this? Okay, the Lord let me into this because in 2009, I was blessed to own a Mercedes-Benz dealership, and I went to Thailand and Zoe International, and, I, and my pa- uh, pastor at that time, Francis Chan, and uh, we had a great experience there. We were able to see up close uh, the, the trafficking uh, of human, you know, of human beings, mainly kids. Uh, we were on the, in, in Mayside on the border. We were up in Chiang Mai at, uh, at the home, the safe home that Zoe has there. And it really broke my heart. You know, I'd always prayed God break my heart for, uh, you know, what breaks yours. And, and God delivered on that. And I saw children that were being exploited, sexually exploited, and also being trafficked. And, and I've come back to the United States after that, that trip with Francis Chan and, and Zoe and asked God, show me what, what you want me to do here in the United States. And in 2009, it was really uh, kind of below the radar. There wasn't a lot of talk about human trafficking the sex slavery of, of minors. And I started doing research and found out we had a big problem in the United States, but no one was talking about it. So I started fighting it uh, initially at the L.A. Green Center, and then God moved me out to uh, start my own ministry called, uh, you know, Protect the Path. And then uh, about two and a half years ago, uh, I was blessed in, in the state of Florida to start the United States Institute Against Human Trafficking uh, with Jeff Rogers. And what we do, guys, is we... We work on the prevention side, so we make people aware, but not just that. So we try to prevent kids from being caught up as, as sex slaves. And then we also work with a group that does rescues uh, so they can go and get kids back that have been allured or abducted. And then we opened the first traffic safe home for boys in, in America. It's down in central Florida. There was no safe home, rescue homes for boys, 17 and under that have been trafficked. So we opened that up. In July of last year, we have four boys uh, in that particular safe home. And then we're also in D.C. Uh, a percentage of the time lobbying Congress and the Senate to change the laws to protect our kids from being uh, sold as sex slaves. So uh, it's an evil, uh, very evil uh, industry. I mean, any man that pays to rape a child, I think, has, is evil, perverted, sick, and, and definitely needs uh a transformed heart needs to have an uh, have an encounter with Jesus. Yeah. So, really, the bottom line, guys, is we do this to protect kids, to rescue kids, to to restore kids. But uh, the bottom line is, we want to point everybody to Jesus. We want people to come to have a, a saving faith and relationship in, in, in Jesus Christ, and that's that's really why we do what we do to point people to Jesus. Oh, that's awesome. Guys, I love Kevin Malone. Kevin, we're going to take a break, but uh, we're going to come back and continue talking about your journey. And uh, stay tuned for a few minutes. And we have Kevin Malone, who is former baseball GM and now executive and founder of Protect the Path. Stay right back, and we'll be back after these messages.
AM 1160. Dr. Tim Keller, founding pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York City and best-selling author, is coming to Chicago for the Gospel and Our Cities Conference. In the book of Jonah, God sends his prophet to the great city of Nineveh to uh, preach to it, to reach it, and he shows a great deal of disdain, and God rebukes Jonah and says, how can you look at all those people who don't know their right hand from their left and not have compassion on that great city? Uh, the churches of today should have compassion on the city and should care about the city. Please come to Chicago, the third largest city in our country, which will be a wonderful backdrop for a meeting of men and women who want to reach their respective North American cities with the gospel, doing both holistic uh, transformation, evangelism, and bringing about conversions. Please come and join us. Find out more at thegospelandourcities.org. That's thegospelandourcities.org. Resource Global is cultivating the potential of young professionals all over the world to maximize their reach and restore their cities with the gospel. 60% of our waking hours are spent in the workplace, therefore it is a significant time for gospel impact. As young professionals grow in their careers, we provide in-depth training and we also provide mentoring to integrate their faith and work. And we want them to use their influence and skills to impact their city. I know of no other organization besides Resource Global that is doing its exact ministry. Going to places, finding young people and pastors and teachers who want to bring together their collective wisdom to encourage one another in things of faith and work. I want to invite you to join us as we continue to grow the network of young professionals in strategic cities around the world. I invite you to join us to make a difference in these cities through these individuals and to make a difference for tomorrow. AM 1160. Welcome back to Up Next with Tommy Lee. Brought to you in partnership with the Gospel and Our Cities Conference with Tim Keller. Coming to Chicago in 2018. Welcome back to another episode of Up Next. On the phone today, we have Kevin Malone, former baseball GM of the Montreal Expos, been involved in front office of the Baltimore Orioles, as well as GM of the Los Angeles Dodgers. We spent a little time talking with him about baseball and now just kind of talk about post-baseball career and just his passion in terms of uh, being the founder and executive director of Protect the Path, People Against Human Trafficking, and president and co-founder of the United States Institute Against Human Trafficking. Noah, you had a question for uh, Kevin? Yeah. Hi, Kevin. You know, as you you began talking about uh, your organization, Protect the Path, and your work against human trafficking. I think one kind of misconception that many, I think, here in the U.S. have is what kind of what is the difference between human trafficking here in the U.S. versus across the yeah, world? And yeah. also kind of what are some, uh, even some misconceptions, especially in terms of human trafficking against minors or children, as yeah. you're sharing about that too, as many of our listeners might not know exactly what those differences are. Well, um to answer your first question, there's not not a whole lot of difference okay. between um, the selling of children for sex in Thailand or the Philippines or India and the United States. The biggest difference is that people in the United States are naive and they don't think it's happening here. Mm. But I can promise you guys this, it's happening in everybody's backyards. And, and, and most Americans have their heads buried in the sand because... Their kids or their grandkids or their nieces or, or, or nephews, they're only one or two degrees of separation from being lured or abducted uh, into this nightmare. So uh, my, my word of, 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 of 
thought to your listeners is that they need to really take this serious because, you know, the online, uh, the websites uh, that, that lure kids into this, there's, there's chat rooms, there's Instagram, Facebook. It's all part of these guys are very shrewd, and there's millions of, of men in America that are paying to rape rape our kids. And they, they're so let's just say this: our kids are under attack, not only in America but around the world. So mm-hmm. uh, I do stuff internationally, but I also uh, primarily focus. God has me on the United States because there's a lot of people fighting child sex slavery internationally. Uh, and I think that some of the misconceptions are that uh, that it's uh, only like maybe uh, uh, throwaway kids, as they call them, or or kids that uh, that are in foster care that are abducted or lured. But that in, in some cases that is true. Fifty to sixty percent, uh, depending on what statistic you use, of kids that are being trafficked come out of foster care. So they're either lured out of that, or or they're you know or they're recruited from there. So I think what people need to know is it's not just it's not just the lower income uh, kids that are under attack and lured, but we're finding a new trend in America that uh, traffickers, exploiters uh, are are going after the upper middle class and the wealthier kids because they're usually healthier. They're and they bring more dollar more mm-hmm. dollars on the open market. And some of these kids are being trafficked and sold in the United States for sex, but some of them are being shipped out internationally. And what we're finding, and no one's one's talking about it, is uh, the harvesting of organs. What happens is kids will be sold for a period of time for years, and then at some point uh, when they are deemed to be used up, then Mm -hmm. they sell their organs. So kids, American kids are being sold, you know, internationally, internationally. and sex traffic, and then their organs are being harvested and so So I never hear anybody ever talking about that. I know it's horrific, it's evil, it's sick, it's disgusting, it's perverted, but that's what's happening around the world. I have not heard that happening in America uh, yet, but 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 I believe it's uh, on the horizon. Mm. You know, Kevin, if I can just ask you, like, yeah, I'm hearing all this, and my heart is just sinking around this, and and you, and it seems like uh, just like a, a frustration that you're dealing with is just the lack of, uh, you know, like dealing with the reality here, a kind of a naiveness and ignorance to all this. Why, why do you think, uh, as 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 Americans, That's a great question. That, that, we're, that we're just why is that? Yeah, yeah. You know why? First and foremost, it's spiritual warfare. So a lot of Christians and a lot of people don't want to believe that the devil is real. Let me tell you guys, he's real. I've seen his ugly face up close. And because of what I'm dealing with, with men that are paying to rape kids, and then I'm dealing with the victims, the survivors, uh, the, 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 the girls, the boys, and men and the women that have been sold as sex slaves for many years, being raped 10 to 15, 20 times a day by disgusting pigs. Oh, no. So the problem is it's so evil, it's so perverse that a lot of people don't want to even think about it. I know when I tell my friends and, and people that I meet or I'm speaking at conferences, it, it sounds so repulsive that people will just stop listening. They will just shut it off. Mm. But, you know, uh, that's that's really not the right thing to do. I think people need to know. And I think, the, you know, so it's spiritual warfare. The devil does a good job in, in, in kind of uh, keeping people from hearing about this. And then the media hasn't really done much to report on it because, uh, I don't know, I think, again, it's spiritual warfare there. Uh, you know, they'll report on everything else. There's outrage over so many things in America now. 
where is the outrage over our kids being abducted or lured and then being sold for sex 10, 15 times a day? And I'm talking about kids as young as five, six years, eight years old that perverted, sick, evil men are paying the rape. So when are we going to wake up, America? When are we going to really start protecting our kids? We're either protectors or we're predators. Be one or the other. You can't play the middle. uh, So that's the message I have for, uh, for America. You're listening to Up Next on AM 1160. Our guest today is Kevin Malone, former baseball executive, but now just a fighter for especially children and this whole idea of sexual trafficking and Kevin, let me ask you a quick question is you're now I'm talking with you, you're moving to Las Vegas. Are there certain pockets in the United States that are more dealing with this area than others? Uh, yes, Tom. That's, well, uh, the, the major cities, because of the population base, uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of the major cities uh, are dealing with this. But it don't just stop there. I mean, you're finding sex trafficking of minors in, in, in small-town America, in rural America. So it's it's all over. I think the bigger cities, you know, I moved to Vegas to fight child sex slavery here. I moved here in late February from Los Angeles. I'm still focused in L.A. as well, but primarily God's called me here to Vegas to see what I can do to, to stop it. And as you guys know, the, the motto is what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but God's called me to what happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas any longer if it involves kids being sexually exploited. So I'm here to try, you know, and I need a lot of prayers, guys, in your listening Mm -hmm. audience. I need some prayer warriors and intercessors because this is evil and this is a a satanic stronghold. There's no other way to explain it. And and I need a lot of prayer and support. And I'd appreciate you guys and your listeners praying for me on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah, definitely, Kevin. Thank you for that. And you, know, you mentioned kind of one of the practical things, especially for you and your ministry, to be praying for you. As uh, our listeners are hearing too, kind of what are some ways, uh, just regular, I guess, just people in the states could be a more aware of this human trafficking issue, or what can we kind of do from our side to be more aware about it, or even in a way also protect others who we know who may be kind of uh, vulnerable to this as well. Okay, that's a good question. I'd, I'd suggest go to our institute website, which is www.usiaht.org. It stands for United States Institute Against Human Trafficking. So, usiaht.org. We actually have a human traffic, uh, uh, human trafficking free zone, uh, where we work with, uh, 10 different sectors of society. We will actually, uh, we have, we have a lot of information on there that a person wants to do something. We can teach you and, and help you and guide you as as one person in your community on what you can do to make a difference. So I would say go to our website. Mm. And then secondly, is you can call your, your local politicians, you can find out what organizations, ministries, NGOs in your community are doing something about this. And let me just say this, guys, is I, I think the listeners, anybody interested in really vet out who you're going to possibly help or support, because there's a lot of people out there now that, that really talk to talk, but they don't walk the walk. They're not really doing anything to protect our kids. Hmm. So also you can go to schools and, and make sure that principals and, and, the, and the, the faculty understand that this is a problem. I mean, these traffickers will send, you know, they'll send people in into these schools as students to recruit. So 
it's really a serious problem. We have the gangs and organized crime now that, that are running the girls, selling the girls and the boys. Mm. And, uh, it's, and it's getting worse. It's not getting much better. We did just pass a law. Congress and the Senate passed a law called FOSTA-SESTA, which stops the online sales of, of, of kids for sex. That, that was a 20, 20 year loophole in our laws that allowed that to happen. Some disgusting websites were selling our kids. Uh, online, so that's being shut down now. Thank the Lord, praise God. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but but please, I, we're, we're really reaching out. We have a national presence. We have an office in Washington D.C., but we have uh, again, we have offices in five different cities now, including D.C., four others. So, uh, and we we try to help people get connected, get involved, and we'll help people say if it's Chicago or if it's somewhere in the Midwest. We'll help you find someone that you can help. So contact our, our office and, and go on our website, and that's, that's got all the information. Thank you, Kevin. Hey, for more information, go to www.usiaht.org. And so for another one of Kevin's organizations, go to protectthepath.org. Kevin, thank you very much. We're going to have to talk soon. Okay. And share a, I'll give you to share a little bit more. You guys are Sox fans, but... Tell Joe Madden he needs to go to the whip. He's an old buddy of mine. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. We'll talk soon. For more information on Up Next, go to upnext.city. You've been listening to Up Next with host Tommy Lee, getting to know another influential leader. To hear past episodes, visit upnext.city. That's upnext.city. Up Next is brought to you in partnership with The Gospel and Our Cities Conference in Chicago, October 2018. Join Tommy for Up Next, Saturdays at 3.30 on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life.